Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. In today's episode 198, is the Biden administration's uh, executive memorandum on establishing the fight against corruption as a core United States national security interest. More than a mouthful. Uh, hello, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. And uh, we're, I wanted to turn to the Biden administration's announcement on uh, anti-corruption efforts. thought it was an interesting uh, action and uh, what the implications are. Uh, but before we get started with that, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements, Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, the Biden administration uh, came out pretty strongly against corruption. Um, And it's more than just a political statement uh, to actually identify it in this memorandum as a core United States national security interest, uh, I think is a pretty big deal at the national security level. And the implications of that uh, in terms of an overall administration strategy Uh, is going to cut across a lot of agencies. And uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of interesting uh, results. There is a 200-day review period for the interagency process to be completed, and they submit a report and recommendations then to the president for further direction and action. So let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, The document itself, the memorandum, is like a wish list in terms of policy objectives for the fighters, uh, the anti-corruption fight. Uh, And it's one big point I want to make right at the outset is that it it involves not only just FCPA, international corruption, but it also involves uh, domestic corruption. So in terms of uh, prosecution of uh, state cases, state and local cases, uh, this looks like 
um, it's going to sort of focus on that as well. But let's start first with the policy and how we made the link or how the Biden administration makes the link between uh, corruption and national security. First off, uh, they, the memoranda talks about uh, why corruption corrodes public trust, hobbles effective governance, distorts markets and equitable access to services, undercuts development efforts, contributes to national fragility, extremism, and migration. And that point goes back to 2001 when the Bush administration pushed anti-corruption enforcement as a result of 9-11 in the destabilization of governments, which leads to ultimately corruption uh, in destabilization and then potentially uh, become terrorist havens. Uh, That was the argument, and I think it's sort of embedded in the policy now. But it also, uh, the memorandum talks about when leaders steal from their nation's citizens or oligarchs flout the rule of law, economic growth slows, inequality widens, and trust in government plummets. Um, Even aside from these broad themes, uh, their policy objectives, uh, the memorandum goes on to talk about in financial terms alone, the costs of corruption are staggering, and we've heard this uh, that acts of corruption sap between 2 and 5% from global gross domestic product. Uh, and those costs are not evenly shared world- worldwide. The abuse of power for private gain, misappropriation of public assets, bribery, and other forms of corruption impact every country and community. And the proceeds of these acts, uh, and that gets to another issues in terms of how to impact economies and political systems, but then gets at uh, the trafficking and illicit money uh, and anonymous shell shell companies, opaque financial systems, and professional service providers enable the movement and laundering of illicit wealth, including in the United States and other rule-of-law-based democracies. So this... It's, I mean, this is a wish list for, for all policy advocates, and I'm struck by the idea of whether or not, uh, and the, the issue that's going to boil down to is what kind of teeth are we going to see in, uh, you know, in terms of enforcement, resources, how is this going to uh, happen, and where is it going to result? The, the link, though, that corruption threatens U.S. national security, economic equity, and global anti-poverty and development efforts, and ultimately democracy itself. And by uh, effectively preventing and countering corruption and demonstrating the advantages of a transparent and accountable government, uh, the United States is taking the position now that we can get a, secure, a crucial advantage for the United States and other democracies. So uh, now we know, or now it's defined and established that corruption is a core United States national security interest, Um, and then there is a discussion of strategy, Um, and a strategy which is uh, to cut across all key executive departments and agencies, uh, including those involved in the interagency review process, uh, to combat all forms of illicit finance in the U.S. and international financial systems. Uh, including by robustly implementing the federal law requiring U.S. companies to report their beneficial owner or owners to the Department of Treasury, 
reducing offshore financial secrecy, improving information share, uh, sharing, and as necessary, identifying the need for new reforms. Also, another sort of objective here is to hold accountable corrupt individuals, transnational criminal organizations, and their facilitators by identifying, freezing, and recovering stolen assets through increased information sharing and intelligence collection and analysis, criminal or civil enforcement actions, sanctions, and uh, any t- and attempts to return recovered assets for the benefit of uh, citizens harmed by corruption. And the other is to bolster the capacity of domestic and international institutions and multilateral bodies that are uh, involved in the global anti-corruption battle. Uh, And that, to me, is a statement to the international banks, to the United Nations, to everyone in the international organizations to enhance even more the international cooperation that's been developed through the years in the anti-corruption fight, because it's clear that in the last 20 years, there's been a, a significant increase in coordination, training, sharing of resources, uh, information sharing uh, as well. And uh, that, I think, is going to make it more and more difficult uh, for you know the corrupt uh, individuals to escape uh, prosecution. So um, I think there is definitely going to be a push here with international partners to counteract strategic corruption by foreign leaders, foreign state-owned or affiliated enterprises, Again, the transnational criminal organizations and other foreign actors and domestic collaborators. And uh, so these are also, these are sort of goals and, and uh, ways that they want to, they're sort of the objectives of this uh, memorandum. And the interagency review process now, which is 200 days away, will include obviously the vice president, departments of state, Treasury, Defense, Justice, Commerce, Energy, Homeland Security, OMB, uh, the U.S. Mission to the U.N., uh, the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, the CIA, uh, the Joint Chairman, uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, USAID, and the National Security Agency. So all of these agencies, at a minimum, will be in uh, will be looking at ways in which that they can enhance the battle, uh, enhance the, the anti-corruption fight, whether it be re- resources, personnel, sharing information, all of these types of things uh, that are going to be uh, you know, necessary to take the anti-corruption battle uh, to, the, to the next level. Now, they also issued a fact sheet, which I think was quite a, interesting, and we can get an idea here um, at sort of where they're where they're heading in terms of um, focusing on uh, illicit finance, for example. They're going to lead in for international efforts to bring transparency to the U.S. and international financial systems. So we may have even more regulation coming beyond that, that or more attempts to regulate beyond that, which was in the uh, Anti-Money Laundering Act, uh, which was uh, enacted early this year. And they want to focus on offshore financial secrecy, seizing stolen assets and making it more difficult for those uh, who steal to hide behind anonymity. 
So there's uh, beneficial ownership registries. Um, there's going to be other uh, sort of uh, the ability of illicit actors to hide behind anonymity to buy, let's say, residential real estate. And uh, we're going to see closing loopholes uh, in, in the existing regulatory regimes. Now, I think the other, uh, the other interesting idea is, uh, um, and I think we'll see sort of ramping up some of the sanctions activities um, to hold corporate individuals uh, accountable, corrupt individuals accountable, transnational criminal organizations and other actors. And this means strengthening and building anti-corruption sanctions, for example, under the Global Magnitsky Act and similar authorities, and bolstering criminal or, and, or civil enforcement actions, such as the DOJ's Kleptocracy Asset Recovery Initiative, as well as the FCPA. I think we'll see more resources going to the FBI, more resources going to uh, the, uh, uh, the Justice Department's fraud section, which includes the FCPA unit. Um, and we may see some uh, legislative proposals uh, to... Uh, fix certain laws that are used for anti-corruption. We may have, for example, an increase in penalties for the FCPA, which is a five-year offense in comparison to the Money Laundering Act statutes, which are 20-year offenses. So we could see a big change there. Uh, In addition, we may see sentencing guidelines uh, adjusted and recommendations made to the Sentencing Commission to adjust the guidelines for criminal penalties. Uh, in terms of financial fines uh, and other things under the guidelines uh, calculation. I also think we're going to see another sort of plateau here in terms of building the international partnerships and coordination um, as a way to strengthen uh, America's alliances and partnerships. Um, They're going to work with like-minded international partners through the UN, G7, Financial Action Task Force, and similar bodies to push, uh, you know, fighting strategic corruption emanating from autocratic and kleptocratic uh, governments, foreign state-owned or affiliated enterprises, and, of course, transnational criminal organizations. Um, So that may be another part uh, to this as well. Now, interestingly, we had the G7 meeting this weekend and uh, uh, just released uh, late today um, was a statement uh, with regard to the G7 to announce joint actions on forced labor and global supply chains, uh, anti-corruption, and ransomware. But the commitment uh, on corruption is that uh, the, the statement that was issued indicated that um, obviously supporting President uh, Biden's efforts to to curb corruption, uh, which was a core U.S. national interest, um, and corruption uh, in the G7 members were urged to do more uh, to, you know, stop uh, the flow of funds into untraceable accounts obscured by shell companies or in real estate, and that the G7 partners resolved to taking more meaningful actions to combat corruption, such as tackling the misuse of shell companies, limiting the ability of bad actors to launder dirty money and real estate purchases, improving corruption-related information sharing, and reforming foreign assistance to focus on anti-corruption as a cross-cutting priority. So 
This, again, is another statement that shows the G7 members, at least, are going uh, to make an additional effort here. And I think we're going to see uh, pretty quickly some, uh, you know, ramping up of enforcement in this area, Uh, legislative proposals, uh, as well as, um, uh, you know, additional resources. And I think the Department of Treasury is going to play a big role with regard to sanctions uh, and AML enforcement and the regulations that are coming out uh, relating to the uh, Anti-Money Laundering Act and beneficial ownership. These are all issues to watch for, uh, but all in all an interesting development. And, uh, you know, as everybody says, look, it looks good on paper. Let's just see in practice what it turns uh, into. Anyway, well... Thanks for uh, listening today. Just wanted to give a quick update on that. Hope you all are doing well. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.